Hey, welcome to the Plant Root Podcast, where we seek to encourage independent Baptist leaders as they labor to start and strengthen churches. That is our purpose. My name is Chad Colburn. I am the pastor of the South Liberty Baptist Church in Liberty, Maine. <laughs> Are you recording? He's trying okay. to chew his popcorn. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to chew off okay. Mike. Oh, Press on, man. That was so a really I say good we keep going. I say we just go just, with just this as going. it is in its current form. I am oh, joined by the popcorn chewer, Jaron McFarland, pastor and planter of the Oxford Baptist Church in Oxford, Maine, yep. as well as the Michael Britt of the Topsom Baptist Church in Topsom, Maine. And we're having a good time here. We're enjoying this podcast experience, aren't you, Michael? Well, I just earned an article before my name, That's the Michael Brett. Who can Brett. be having a bad day after that? No, really. And uh, the Jaron, how are you doing today? <laughs> doing great, okay. the Chad. Good. So the Jen. <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about acclimating, acclimating to our mission field. All right, there's, I think we would agree, Jaron, maybe you could... Uh, you both, Jer and Mike, you could both help me with this. Uh, when it comes to pastoring and planting churches in the United States of America, uh, sometimes I think there's this idea that, well, America's America. It's the mm. same everywhere you go. Mm. And I don't think that's the case. Mm-mm. I think that when a Texan, right? Jaron, you're a Texan? Yes. Okay, Michael, you're a Zambian? Well, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, Clearly. again, I spent okay. four years there, so right. Originally okay. from New York, though. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're a, a New Yorker. Foreigner, either way. Right. I think we're gonna go with Zambian. Sure. So, <laughs> as a Zambian or a Texan, when you move to the state of Maine, in particular, I mean, there's some adjustments. Sure. Right? There's yeah. some adjustments. So I was hoping to just give you know four. Uh, Four thoughts or recommendations, and, and we can discuss this together. Uh, four thoughts on acclimating to your mission field. And my first is this. All right, ready? Drum roll without the drum roll. Drum roll. Well, I was right. going to do a drum roll. I'm okay. ready. I think the first thing is, is just really knowing your field. Mm-hmm. Really knowing your field. And why do I say this? Well, we had a missionary in uh, a generic amount of time ago who I was asking him specific questions about the place that he was going, and I felt like they were things that you should know, and he didn't know them. Hmm. He didn't know the answers. Like if I, if you're going to a place and I ask you about how many people go to the region that you're targeting, and you can't tell me how many people are there, you can't tell me if there are any other independent Baptist missionaries or pastors that are there, um, that's kind of a problem for me. That tells me you don't know your mission field very well yeah and you know there's also uh, people can say I've heard you know church planters who are going to be in the US saying uh, saying you know I'm going to this this region this county this city and I don't know if there are any other independent Baptist gospel preaching churches there okay Mm -hmm. okay you don't know right Okay, well I'm sure you can use the Facebook and find out if there's some the Facebook right or if there Mm -hmm. has been some okay so Knowing your field, I think, is important. And I've got my notes here. I'm going to make a few comments, then I'm going to turn it over to the wiser audience, wider, wiser speakers here. Um, that's me. That's you. <coughs> things like okay, things like weather and seasons. I think uh-huh. those are things that are important to know. Um, and I speak as a Mainer who lived, you know, born and raised here. But my wife is from Texas. Um, Jaron, you're from Texas. Mike, again, Zambia. <laughs> And so there's you're, just you really want to make me from <laughs> Zambia. I really do. <laughs> I, 
I feel like it just helps us. Ta- helps <laughs> us. Okay. So Zambian. Maine's different, right? Yeah. And if sure I is. were, if I, if God called me to go it pastor is. in I don't West know. Texas, I don't know the answer. Right? There, it would be different. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a big difference. There'd be adjustments <laughs> right. made. Um, knowing, you know, familiarizing myself with the local culture. You know, having an open mind to that people may say things differently. They may mm-hmm. express ideas differently. Oh, yeah. They may value some things that I don't value. I really want to avoid some faux pas by just doing some research about the place where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And so, you think there's anybody listening that doesn't know what a faux pas is? Um, they could, they could it Yahoo. Actually the, no, they could Yahoo it. It's a little dongle that you put at the end of a golf club <laughs> to improve your distance. Really? <laughs> we want to avoid those. faux pas. So if I put a faux pas on my golf club, that will fix my. Do you I play golf? Yeah, I, I don't, don't golf too much. Do you play I don't. There's actually a bowling version no. you put inside the bowling ball called mm. a faux pas. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, the whole, the whole series. Okay. Okay. So faux pas is French for a cultural error. Mm, it is right? also that. Cultural yes. That could be avoided with a little <clears throat> bit of knowledge. Yeah. Like absolutely. drinking the holy water. Right. <laughs> yeah. So know <laughs> you don't drink your you don't do that, right? Field. Culturally. Okay. So guys, yeah. you you know Mike yeah. from Zambia. Yeah. So yeah. talk to us about knowing sure. your field. Jaron, you think of yeah. you know some things as well. Oh, I'm ready. So many of you may not know this. Um I am from New York, but I also was in Zambia. And uh <laughs> I almost make you spit your drink there, Chad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I spent three and a half years in Zambia, sure. Um, Can I just add that I think your email address is like Zambian Prince? Zambian, Zambian Heart. Heart. Okay, Zambian sorry. Heart. Come on, uh, Zambian. Not many people know that I am the Prince of Zambia. I send out emails asking for you know people to give me the Western Union address all the time, but they don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, on that, I actually just wrote a couple of notes. Um, think about knowing your culture. It's funny, weather and season, not too much, because in New York, we get tons of snow. It's plenty of cold, you know, that sort of thing. And people in Maine, they talk a little different, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yeah, you know, Oklahoma, I went to school there, lived there for just about six years altogether, I guess, Bible Belt kind of thing. One thing I guess I'd noticed about learning my culture here in Maine, is things don't work in Maine that work in other places. Uh, and people are not as quick to welcome you inside the house and offer you a glass of sweet tea um, and say, come talk to me about your Baptist church for a few minutes. And I think the biggest part of knowing my culture... Wait, where have you ever been that that, that happened to you? I have heard that it happens in the South a lot, and okay. I have had it happen a couple of times. In Zambia. In... Not in Zambia. Okay. <laughs> Not in Zambia. But okay. in the South, there were people that were actually much more eager to, to talk to you. In, in Oklahoma City. I, I don't know mm-hmm. about Texas. Yeah, they're, but... they're eager to talk to you, but they're... But they all belong to a church down the road yeah. that they don't know the name of the pastor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, up yeah. here at least you get the truth. No. Yeah, I I'm think you're right. I'm not interested. Yeah. You know, I mean, at least yeah. there's not that, at least that first fakeness to to get through. But on that, right? Outreach. Yeah. The outreach that works in the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll probably be ostracized. We're by in my... the Bible Belt, man. Yarly. Yeah. Oh yes. yeah, the ancient Bible Belt. No, the great state of Maine. Yeah. No, not yet. No. We're heading that way. That's optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I, you. So the notes say optimistic, right? 
No, but but for real, like um, we go door knocking. What if that works in some parts of Maine and not in other parts of Maine? What if it works in some parts of the U.S. and not other parts of the U.S.? Do we still do it? Sure, fine. But should we also find other ways to engage our community, like going down to the same place for coffee every other day and meeting people and carrying on conversations with people? Walmart. Yes, it takes more. Oh, Walmart. Or Walmart. yes, it takes more yeah. work. Yes, it takes more time. Yes, it takes more thoughtfulness. And yeah, it's a little bit. You require more emotional and intellectual investment than handing out a tract to somebody you don't know. But look at how Jesus did it. He built relationships. But it also brings the greatest uh, not the greatest but it also brings reward yeah the yeah. greatest investment and i know it's kind of rewards. i don't mean to springboard off into that but but i guess what i'm saying is knowing your culture and the faux pas i found that the greatest faux pas i commit aren't you know a slip of the tongues or silly things although i do have one we i for our lunch one sunday we said we were going to have salads for lunch and i'm thinking green leafy salad uh, and folks brought potato salad, yeah, uh, you know, tuna salad, all yeah. of that stuff. And I was flabbergasted. And I thought it was hilarious. But I thought, and even my wife thought I meant not green salad salad, you know, like rabbit food salad. So, yeah, there's some cultural differences. But I think the differences that apply most to the church planner would be, you know, I think sometimes I was talking to another pastor about it even this morning. And sometimes it's easy to view a lot of these pastors who come up from South Carolina as a permeation or an invasion rather than, um, you know, a, 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 I don't know how to put it. I don't want to say rather than anything else because they'll come up and they'll have their tent meetings and their revivals and they're wondering why you can't stoke up the, the emotions and the uh, revivalism up here like you did there because it doesn't work the same way. No, it's, it's an entirely different culture. <clears throat> and honestly, I'm okay that that doesn't work because so far... I don't see a whole lot of permanent fruit from the from the Phineism movement that's really been going on for the last couple of decades, but I don't want to go too far into that. Jaron, rescue me. <laughs> rescue the parent. Um, so, I mean, the Lord allowed us, by His grace, to... We moved to Maine in June of 2012. In fact, in seven days will be seven years since we've been in the great state of Maine. Right on. Yeah. And so, you know, we are, I mean, yes, I'm coming from West Texas, yeah. uh, coming from Oklahoma City. Before I, before we made our survey trip up to Maine and to the New England area, the farthest northeast I'd ever been was the southwest corner of Missouri. Uh, so I really knew very little of the northeast, but we, we made a trip up. Uh, we spent some great time with Brother Wiley and the Churchill group here. And um, it, it was... Yeah, it was a complete culture shock from what I originally thought. But then when you move here, it really sets in. Sure. I mean, because we came in the springtime. But then you move here, and it really hits you um, considering the weather differences, the seasons. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it took us some time to adjust to all of that. At first, it was it was very exciting. Like, wow, it's already cold. I'm sending pictures of, like, the first right. snowfall in October to my parents. Right. Look, we've already got snow, and it's all very exciting. Year two, year three, year four roll around, and you're no longer sending pictures because it's just a way of life for you because you are where God called you. But I do have to say this, that yes, there are differences in Mainers and Texans. Yes, there are differences. I mean, yes, we could go through all of the differences, but they're still people, mm -hmm. and they're still created in the image of God, yeah. and they still have the needs in them that God put in them. And their needs are that they need to be loved. They yeah. need to be cared about. Yeah. And so even if I am from Texas and I am from away, yeah, there may be that that uh, wall that it takes time to break mm -hmm. through that Pastor Chad would not have because he's a 13th generation <laughs> Mainer. And, you know, he doesn't have that initial wall. And we do 
But love and kindness and charity break that wall down because no yeah. matter who they are, they want to be cared about. They yeah. want to know that you love them, and they want to know that you're genuine. And that's the same for humans everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, so, yeah, know your field. Make your mission field your home. Yep. Make it your home. And I was speaking with my wife about this for a little bit this afternoon, and she mentioned that, you know, it took around five years for her to really acclimate to these, the seasons that we talk about. And mm-hmm. and, to, and we're not talking like, you know, you say snowfall in October. I was thinking, yeah, eight months later, you're still sending pictures really of snowfall. Yeah, right. yeah. But it's also, you know, when you live up here, and I think those that live in a, a place like Alaska can, can really even... Uh, understand this more deeply than we do but in the dead of winter it's it's dark at 4 yes. 30 that was you know 4 30 in the evening is, yeah. is dark huge. and that's huge. the sun's not up till seven o'clock the next day right. so mm-hmm. you you drive to work in the dark and you come home in the dark it's awful know? man why is it people up here struggle with discouragement <laughs> i wonder why there's no yeah. sunshine yeah. Right. in the winter so you have to adjust adjust to those things but at the end of the day it's your home make it your home yeah. you know i this is a, a minor, minor, minor detail. Uh, but we do live in a, a, a place, a culture, a country where everybody's got their sports teams, right? Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm here in New England. So in New England, you know, most everybody's, you know, Sox, Patriots, Celtics, Bruins, mm-hmm. right? If God called me to, you know, let's just say to West Texas or to Zambia, wherever it is, I would consider, I know, Mike, you're just going to be my Zambian friend. I get those. Yeah. Okay. Or New York. Okay, we'll go with New York. It's no, fine. Zambia's fine. I think, that, fine I think that I would, I'd have to think carefully about displaying my sports loyalties. Yes. Within the context of does this really matter when I'm yep. here for the gospel? Wow. Yep. You know, because yep. if you come up here from Alabama and you're wearing your roll tied shirts, mm-hmm. it's not going to do any good. And no one's going to be like, oh, well, I can't wait till you play UMaine football because you're right. going to get crushed. Well, that's not going to happen. Right. No. You know, so those kinds of loyalties and uh, those kinds of things that you, I'm not saying forsake who you are. But make home, make your home mm-hmm. your mission field. Yes, yep. you know, and and I think that that the Lord will bless that. Oh, he, he does. Paul, yeah. I mean, if you think about wherever Paul was, Paul said uh, says in the scriptures that to the Jew I became what as, as, a, a, Jew, as a Jew, right? right? And to uh, I'm, I am paraphrasing terribly, but uh, is First Corinthians chapter nine right? To the Greek as a Greek, mm-hmm. to the weak as weak. So wherever God puts you, uh, there is a biblical principle, a biblical precedent. The, the Apostle Paul adapted himself to where he was. And Timothy. And yeah, Timothy as right. well. And, and, and honestly, that was a costly sacrifice mm-hmm. to adapt. Right. To, mm-hmm. to win some. Sure. Uh, sure. Painful, speaking, you're speaking of his circumcision. Absolutely. I'm right. Yeah. To, yeah. to make that life choice. Yeah. Um, to be able to reach people. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I speak... Again, it's easy for me because I live here. Yeah. But, you know, Jaron, Mike, what do you guys think? We'll start with Jaron. As far as making your your mission field your home, yep. could you give us some thoughts on that? Well, when we when we moved here, I mean, we were 
number one, we knew we were called of God. And then God's uh, blessings and God's hand and God's provision made it clear. Not, um, you know, before, but after we stepped out in faith, after we said we would go, it was like God's hand was like, okay, I'm going to reward your faith and I'm going to bless you. So when we left Oklahoma City, we had complete and total peace of God. And it was also, I mean, in so many ways, I felt like we were the children of, of Israel mm-hmm. leaving Egypt as far as financially. I mean, they left full. The mm-hmm. Egyptians were loading them up with things. And I am in no way calling Oklahoma City like our Egyptian bondage, no correlation there at all. But however, um, to say that it was as if we were leaving with God's blessings yeah. to, to depart that area, um, to follow God, to follow the will of God. And so when we got here... We had that confirmation. We had the peace. We had the essentially prosperity from the Lord. Yeah. And we had that. So when things actually did get difficult, we still knew that we were where God wanted us to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I'm like, well, Lord, we're here. Um, you know, we need to we need to make it our own. And right now, currently, you know, the, the law of sowing and reaping. Right now, we have we've been here for seven years, and we have not just friends, but we have family in Maine. I mean, I, I mean that. I'm not talking like, you know, oh, like, yeah, fist bump. Like, you know, like, oh, just throw around the word family loosely. I mean, but there are relationships here in in Maine that if that that must go on. They must continue because they're such a part of us and who we are and who our family is. And you would ask, okay, well, how did you get to that point? Well, the law of sowing and reaping. Mm-hmm. We invested ourselves into these people, into these relationships, into the friends and the family that we have, even when things were, whatever it was, when the relationships were being formed, because we knew we were here. We knew we were where God wanted us to be, and I knew that we didn't want to be alone. And now because of that investment, and the the two-way investment forevermore, no, it wasn't just us investing in people, but they equally and greater return the investment in our family. So now seven years later, we're we're home. I mean, when we leave, we cross that bridge into New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and you can feel like, ah, yeah, I'm leaving my home. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, for a Texan of uh, a Southern boy from all of those years that knew nothing greater to call this my home, and to believe it's my home, and to never really, I mean, apart from obeying God, to never want to leave my home, uh, it's it's incredible. But God can do that. So make yeah. it, yeah, make it your home. It takes investment, like you yeah. said with Timothy. It it takes investment. Yeah. Do it. Go ahead, Mike. Thank you, Chad. So um, I don't know if this has been mentioned in this podcast, but I actually just spent a few years in Zambia. Um, and uh, one of the, really? one of the uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> see, see, I just thought you were from Zambia. Okay, okay, right? yeah, yeah. But you actually, actually spent time there. Born in New York, son of a pastor's kid. Okay. Thanks for clearing and this then, up. Yeah. Now Zambia is just west of Missouri, South America, right? That is well, if you go far enough west. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so in Zambia, there were uh, some missionaries that would. Um, have a room in their home called the America Room. They'd hold mm. the American flag. They have a you know all their American things, and it was as I understand it in a room of their home. But they had people over. The American flag wasn't thrown in their face. They didn't place the American flag at church. Yet they, had, they were missionaries there. They made that their home. They still kept a part of their identity from their roots, but they didn't flaunt that in front of people. 
And so I think that it calls that to mind when you mentioned the Roll Tide, Humane thing, you know. Um, you can still be a Crimson Tide fan, you know. Um, don't know why you'd want to be, but you can still be a Crimson Tide fan. We just lost the other three of our remaining three listeners. They were all from Alabama. Yeah. But um, that's fine. You can still like your team, but don't don't root against the Patriots if you're a missionary to New England. Get the idea. It's, mm-hmm. you know, don't flaunt it. The other two things I had written down were um, I work for a cell phone store, and uh, we had a boss come in, and he, was pre- he previously worked at another cell phone store. And he was excited to tell of some of the stories about uh, his other employment at the other cell phone company, different different company altogether. And it's cool to bring best practices in from your former company, but I don't want to hear about the glory days of your former company. Mm. You're with our company now, right. so to speak. Right. So bring your best practices, bring your experiences, and yeah. bring what works. But we're not that company. We're this company. Mm-hmm. So by being employed at my cell phone store as my manager, I fully expect you're going to assume an identity here as somebody who works for this company. So don't talk about your old company. Talk about your new company. I think it's been said that a shepherd smells like... His own sheep. His own sheep. Yep. Right? Yep. I mean, is that a principle that you're alluding to here? Uh, it is now, because yeah. that sounds good. Right. My, um, my last point was when I was uh, called by God, by people, whatever, to take the church in Topsom. We still own a house in Augusta, but we chose to move into the downstairs. I got the okay from the code officer. And we voted to move downstairs into the church basement for about three and a half years. Because if I'm called to Topsom, I'm not going to live in Augusta and pastor in Topsom. I want people in Topsom to know that I'm sold out to their community. I want to work in their community. I want to live in their community. I want to be a part of their community. And to me, that's an indispensable, I say indispensable aspect. And, and again, for instance, I'm not talking about you pastoring Liberty and living in Burkittville, right? right. Um, or Appleton, okay? I'm talking about living in Augusta and then commuting down to Topsom. What am I going to do? Like today, I had a hospital visit to make. I didn't know I had a hospital visit to make until today. If I was living in Augusta, it would have made that a lot more difficult or nigh unto impossible. Mm. But because I live in Topsom, I'm able to do the things for my flock. So it does require saying, you know what? If I'm called to Topsom, I'm going to be all into Topsom. If mm. I'm called to London, I'm going to learn how to play soccer, and I'm going to start calling it football. Mm. You know, these are just different things like that, making it your home. Hence why my email is because I made it my home while I was there. And now we can all send you emails. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did just. You just told everybody. I did just tell I think everybody. you but I'm not sure. It's actually Okay. It's a new, no, that's a flake. <laughs> At email.web? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So third observation. All right. So yeah, make it your home. Yeah, yeah. Make mm-hmm. it your home. And I think that just to, just to kind of add something to that, that mm-hmm. people will see when you are doing that mm-hmm. and respect, yes. respect that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I took four years of French in high school, I can't speak any French now. In fact, I think I got the French Student of the Year Award three out of four years, and I still can't speak it. So thank you for public education. Right. Um, And one thing I did come to know is that if you go to Quebec or a French-speaking place, Quebec, right? Right. Um, If you attempt, even if they know you're bad at it, if you're trying, you're extending – you're investing in their emotional bank account. Sure, you know you're showing them that you yeah. you care about them enough, yeah. you know, to, to work at that. And yeah. that, that doesn't always show on the outside, right? They may laugh and and poke fun, but inwardly but they'll they remember. Know. They know, right? Yeah. Exactly. They'll remember exactly. Even yeah. to go more specific, I mean, the folks in Oxford are very 
similar to the people in Liberty in that they're Mainers, but they are different than mm-hmm. our Burkittville Liberty wonderful yeah. people that we that we love. You know, I was in Liberty for or in Appleton there for four years as uh, the assistant of you know of, of South Liberty Baptist Church, and we the Lord just invested us in those people's lives and. They took us right in. They were like family. But then you move to Oxford, and, you know, even when I commute back to South Liberty, I still feel like in so many ways, like I made the reference last night when I was preaching, you know, like, ah, I'm home. feels good to be home. But And it is in my heart, but I don't ever, ever uh, preach or talk about that or make it so that I would rather be at South Liberty still to the people of Oxford, not in a deceitful way, but just to let them know, like, our heart is here. We are right. here. I mean, we we purchased the building. We have a permanent sign. They allowed me to become the police chaplain. Uh, Kimberly fills in for some of the ladies at the town office, and all of that is because uh, it's, it is our home. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's there. We're there. And, uh, I mean, you don't have to partake of all the, the, the foolishness of the culture that that you don't want to, but you can you can partake of their lives without partaking of the uh, you know the the sin that and of that culture that might be there. Right. So I think that's a great segue. Like that word segue. Yeah, that's a great a segue in, into point three, which point three is is for us just to remember that people are basically the same. Right. You know, cultures vary, but people are basically the same. You really you did kind of touch on it, and so. You can get discouraged sometimes thinking, oh, I'm in a different place and Mm -hmm. it's not like home. It's just like the children of Israel. All of a sudden when things get tough, they want the leeks and the onions of Egypt and they're clamoring for home. And when those things happen, we do have to remember that people are basically the same. Their need of Christ is the same. Their struggle with sin is the shame, is the same. It may um, manifest itself differently, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it is the same. It's interesting, you know, a, a main culture staple uh, when it comes to main churches is they typically are very reserved. Mm-hmm. You know, you can if I'm if I am preaching a message that the Lord is is using and. Uh, the people are with me in that message. You know, I'm not, I'm not jumping on soapbox issue, issues. I mean, I'm preaching the Bible. There are some people that all you'll ever get is a, mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's all you need, <laughs> and you know, yeah. right? In the South, yeah. they would that. probably <laughs> jumping over the pews, jumping over the pews, throwing songbooks right? at you, jumping you in know. the baptistry, things like that. <laughs> yeah. But because yeah. because I know the people, I know. Okay. Yeah. Yep. The main mumble. Me. But with, with but with that being said, one of my favorite things to get is the head nod. Yes. Yeah. Because you know, like yeah. you Mainer, you, you are, make contact. You're with me. Yeah. Like I, I you know, I'd say, man, you're yeah. you're doing this. You're uh-huh. affirming that, uh-huh. that that made sense to you. I yeah. thought of this uh, a couple weeks ago, and I almost put it on social media, but I put too much stuff on social media. Stop the it. The only thing <laughs> I like more than an amen is a sound I got from one of our congregants. What a what a high church word from one of my flock, <laughs> one of the parishioners, <laughs> from, from one of the from one of the flock, and she goes, 
Oh. Yeah. yeah. Right when I was preaching, right. it was amazing. Right. Yeah, right. Right. It was the best sound I've ever heard. That's, That's right. the sound of illumination. It is. Yes. It is. It is. And I was preaching this, and I, I knew that it was going to hit some folks as new because it's something that's not talked about. And it would, and I don't, I don't remember what it was, but it was good. It was good. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And she goes, oh. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I just yeah. built on that excitement. And it was just like, boom, it just hit it, yeah, you know. Yeah, it was right. just really, really cool. And we've been going through Hebrews, and there's just been a lot of stuff that's just been like, this is why you did this. And this is why you said this. And this makes sense because this. And, and our whole church is just, instead of a bunch of amening, I'm getting people like looking down in their Bibles and looking yeah. back up at yeah. me mm-hmm. to where I had, and Jaren, that's such an awesome point that instead of listening for the amens and <laughs> watching for the uh, morbidly beg- obese people wearing their suits, jumping over their shoes, <laughs> or, yeah, or begging, begging for them, I used to do that too. Can I get an amen? Is anybody <laughs> with me? Now, sometimes they'll still like, hey, y'all with me? Am I losing yeah, you or something I'm like right. that? Uh, just to, and I actually expect people to say yes or no. In our church, you know, not every church is the same, but in our church, I have tried to foster an atmosphere where somebody say, hey, Pastor, could you say that again? It doesn't happen a lot at all, but once in a while it has, you know, (laughs) but that being said, I am, I am agreeing wholeheartedly with the concept that you better, you better, unless if you're trying to manufacture some of the South up North, for better or for worse. Yeah. You don't expect to hear a bunch of amens, especially a bunch of loud ones. Yeah. Um, But with that being said. Yeah. If it's a genuine amen, praise the Let's Lord. Let's hear it. Right. Yeah, amen. Let's but I'll just think about this too. We say amen because we see the word in the Bible once in a while. But like that was their way of saying, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so. right mm-hmm. on. Bullseye. Yeah. Or that's good. That's good. That's yeah, good. Or that's like good. a guy in my in my church used to say in New York, whenever he heard about something bad in the Bible, somebody's preaching on Sodom and Gomorrah, he'd go, that ain't right. That ain't right. That ain't right. Mm-hmm. right. Sometimes when I'm listening to preaching, I just carry on a conversation yeah. with the preacher. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Boy, All right, I set, like go, that. Go mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good stuff. Right there. Man. And I try to avoid <laughs> aphorisms like set the table, whatever that means. You know what I mean? Oh. I get what it means. But mm-hmm. but like just, just, and that's that, like you were talking about, I think it was the last episode, that engagement, that back and forth. Yeah. We should have that. Yeah. We should have that. Right. Anyway. I say, uh, I say, yep. 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 Yeah, and you did say subconscious. that. Last night. I don't realize. <laughs> I, I actually remember that. I, right, he yep. goes, "Yep." I was like, "Yeah, yep, somebody yep. got it." Yep. <laughs> yep. Or yeah. or a sigh, like, "Ah, oh, Lord, you yep. are. I am." Yeah. I thought you were going Lord. the other way with that sigh, like, "Ah, oh, Lord, get me out of here." No, no, different sigh. No, you Good don't. Sigh. When okay, preaching. I mean, we're not here to talk about preaching, but preaching is supposed to be a dialogue. Right. Yes. You know, it is not. Right. It is not a one-way speech. Mm. It is. The Holy Spirit working through His Word in our hearts and bringing about conviction of right. sin and repentance and turning toward what's right. Yes. And, uh, yep. Okay. Yes. So and, and we could all, camp out on that. We a while. could. And real quick too, you know, there. and all, also along those lines, you know, the the size of the churches that that we all pastor, we're able to make individual face contact with each person. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if we had. If there were 500 people, mm-hmm. let's just say Topsom or Liberty or South Liberty, uh, there are 500 people there. You know, we're only going to be able to make that like that face contact and the head nod in the, you know, mm-hmm, yeah. with only realistically like the first five or six rows. Right. And it may be a blessing to hear an amen from the back row. Yeah, yeah, so I, I yeah. understand that, that, you know, the different natures of it but yeah. for where we are you yeah. know i i do appreciate a good solid which, head yeah. which opens up yeah. a valid discussion not for this moment but a valid discussion for later about the uh, um intended size of a church looking at the new testament and looking at today at what point did the church grow so large that we lose some of the identity of the early church do you want to hear something interesting let's Uh-oh. hear it Chad. wait i thought this was in the other <laughs> all right the other in a, okay i'm just gonna say this to our our three listeners in alabama yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and maybe Zambia. Right, 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 right. Dunbar's Law. Dunbar's, Dunbar's Law. I feel like I've law. heard this. Dunbar's Law. You should look it up. Dunbar's Law is the idea that you can really only have a limited number of friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. For most people, it is your max is like 120. Sure. That's the most number of real, actual friendships you can have and maintain. Mm. And the early church, you know, the early church that we read of in the book of Acts, they were numbered at what? 120. 20. 120. Interesting. So I'm not saying that there's a correlation there exactly, but I am saying there are real limitations as to how many real friendships you can have, yeah. how many those, lives that you can invest in meaningfully. And those 3,000 that were saved and added to the church, uh, the church at Jerusalem, we understand that even though they did meet uh, in the temple grounds, I think perhaps in one accord at one point, they were meeting in house churches sure. and local assemblies. Mm-hmm. Um, well, once they were able to ordain pastors and yeah. provide structure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so, so yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah. I love we hit like everything there. Yeah, I think we're uh, ready to just... <laughs> number four. <laughs> we've solved all right, all last, how many minutes we have left? We have 33 minutes left. No, we're at minute 33. <laughs> okay, Uh-oh. let's do this. All right, last, number four. Just remember your calling. Yeah. Right. You know, when we're talking about acclimating to your mission field, remember your calling. Yeah, yeah. And Amen. when God calls you to a place, when he calls you out of what you might call home. God mm. called Abraham out of Ur. Yeah. So when God calls you away from what has historically been your home and he right. calls you to a place for the gospel ministry, when you are 12 years into it and you're wondering, God, what is going on here, mm-hmm. Lord? And you're, you're struggling, you know, Lord, what are you doing? Am I supposed to be here? Pay attention to all the things that, and remember all the things that God did to get you where you are. Yeah. yeah. Paul says to Timothy that he is, uh, he is to remember, remember the laying on of hands by mm-hmm. the presbytery, and mm-hmm. to remember the work of God in his heart, and and so remember your calling. And if yeah. God's put you, you know, in 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 West Texas, in Maine. In Zambia, Zambia. I knew right? you were going to say that. Right? I, I mean, it's predictable punch. at this point. Alabama, Our right? Wherever it is that God has placed you, um, then you'd be faithful there, yeah. Yeah. right? You'd yeah. be faithful there. And uh, maybe that's the word to the wise today. You want to do a word to the wise song? Word to the wise. Our producer said that was very good. I can tell I have, by his face. I have a very quick <laughs> word to the wise. It's okay. actually my Uncle Nick's word of the wise. Go ahead. He's a missionary, Nick Serino. Okay. He said there's the difference between a burden and a call. Your burden's going to go away one morning mm-hmm. when you wake up and it gets going like mm-hmm. really tough. Right. All of a sudden, your burden's not going to be as tangible as it once was. Yep. But your call, mm. that's the permanent thing. Okay. Jared, that was it. That was what's it. your word to the wise? Done. I'm just going to say stay faithful. Right. You know, when you talk about acclimating and adjusting, you're speaking of a process. Mm-hmm. And so during that process of God just... just growing your roots there stay faithful god will bless and i'm thankful that god knew wherever he wherever he sends you god knows the things you're up against right it's all going to work out and the faithful god i guess here it is it hit me the faithful god that calls you is the faithful god that knows what adjustments that you might need Mm -hmm. for instance i can be real quick yes Uh, you know when we're in oklahoma city in the bible college scene you know the 
the the meeting you know would go great and exciting and, and there'd just be such excitement after us real genuine stuff I'm not talking about fake stuff uh, but genuine excitement after a Sunday night meeting at Southwest Baptist Church and then all of your friends would get together and you'd want to you'd want to continue the fellowship yeah. where are we going we're going to Brahms we're going to Sonic we're going wherever let's go let's go out witnessing at a gas station play volleyball whatever yeah whatever it may be and yeah. you want that and or you 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 have that and it's such a blessing and then you move to Maine. Yeah. And the fellowship continues at the church house, yes, mm-hmm. but then everybody departs into the dark because mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. always dark yeah. when you're leaving, yeah. uh, especially in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. And everybody departs, and everybody goes home, and everybody goes to their families, and everybody shuts down. Yeah, That was a major wow. culture shock for wow. us, going to our home at the yeah. Jones house where we were renting after an exciting time of Churchill. Yeah. And it's like, it's over. Yeah, like that's it. Time to yeah, time to go to sleep. But then we adjusted to it, and we recognized that we were, at times, filling the void that that God meant to fill with Himself and His His fellowship. We were filling that with even good relationships, and so we learned then to depend upon God, to depend upon the Lord, and to find our sufficiency in Him. And so there was much of us moving to Maine where we became our own family, our own yeah. family mm-hmm. unit. Yeah. And God knew that we needed that, but it was hard, but we stayed faithful. And now it's part of the culture. You get in your vehicle and you go home, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> you go to yeah. bed. So yeah. bed seven thirty. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> right. I'm the opposite way. I actually have long term plans to uh, build s- several small houses on our property to almost be a commune. <laughs> and I it is it is chuckle worthy, but it is a very mm-hmm. real uh, uh, goal is to just have several houses on the property that we can have folks in the church house live in and we can meet in the morning and just have a time of prayer before we all start our day. We can have, I, I'm serious, man, community garden. Um, I, I'm just saying, it would just be really nice to have. And I was oh, it's like a hippie commune. I don't know what you call it. I just think it'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Are you a hippie? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad idea <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah. So with that totally yeah. unfinished rabbit trail, <laughs> wow. let's end that, our that's podcast. That's going to be a very hippie can, commune. Can, <laughs> Can that be a very, very, very distant podcast yeah, episode session? 355. Right. Once again, thank you for turning into the Plant Root Podcast, where we are seeking to encourage. Yep. We are Believe seeking to not, encourage independent Baptist leaders you. as they plant and pastor churches. All done. <laughs> <laughs>